with us on the coast. Um, now, they're going to be talking to us about um, how we parent in an age of screens. And when I talk about screens, I mean these things. So whether your child is always doing this or doing this, lots of our kids are closely connected to a screen, sometimes more than one at a time. Sometimes you'll f I find in my house, my children are actually messaging each other from across the room. We've done that. <laughs> so James and Simone may have the same experience, I'm not sure, but they're going to talk to us a little bit about how we parent in that kind of environment, and I'm looking forward to it. First of all, I need to ask a really important question. What's your Facebook relationship status? Uh, we're married. Yeah. Oh, good. Phew. Yeah. Do you both have a Facebook account? Who spends more time on it, on their account? Possibly me. Possibly Simone. You should ask this one. He actually just called out the answer, Mum. <laughs> he doesn't even have a Facebook Yeah. So you've brought your one and only child with you? Here's one I prepared earlier. Yeah, this is our demonstration <laughs> model teenager. This hey. is Sebastian, who's 13, and he... He's the youngest of six. He's our sixth child. Your sixth child. Okay. So, um... What's the age range of your six child? Did you have six tuplets? <laughs> Thankfully, no. <laughs> uh, Sebastian's the youngest, he's 13, and um, I'm still homeschooling him. I've been homeschooling for 17 years now, and he's still um, at home. Uh, the next one up is 15, Jemima. She's starting big school this year. She's going into year 11 at school. Uh, Elliot is 17, he's going into year 12 at school. Rosie's 19, she's going to second year uni doing primary education. Ollie is about to turn 21. He lives in Mount Gambia. He's studying at the James Morrison Jazz Academy down there. Um, he's going to third year and he's also getting married in April. And, and then the oldest is Madeline. She's 22. She's going to fifth year of a double degree in music and education at New South Wales. She married a year ago and she's about to have her first baby in June. Wow. wow. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> And you're still married. I am so impressed. And you're about to graduate school. Congratulations. That's awesome. Okay, so really, really quickly, because I want to give the microphone to you. But in that age range of 13 to 22, technology has always been part of your life. Do you think you made mistakes with your first one or two that you've fixed by now? Or do you think it's all just completely changed? There's been a lot of change. Um, from that, the, the cyber safety rules were very different when our eldest was kind of this one's age and we were just starting to navigate this space. Um, for you guys, you have to navigate that space a lot earlier now. Um, I'm sure you've all seen, in, in our local shopping centre, they've replaced, you know the, the sort of soft climbing gym that they have for toddlers? There's now iPads Velcroed to the wall there. And um, uh, I've been meaning to take a photo when I go by because all the climbing gear is empty and there's kids just swarmed around the touch screens. So the technology has changed significantly and so there is no arrived. You're always playing catch up. Thank you. Well, James and Simone are going to help us play catch up today and I'm looking forward to hearing what they say, so I'll hand over to you. Thank you, Thanks. Lee. Thank you, Donald.
Well, while Simone gets set, set up, I thought we'd, um, it's, a, it's a fairly tight time format today, and often we'll do workshops that last two, three, four hours. So I'm going to try and give you all of that goodness in a really okay. short space of time. Oh, look, yes. For a quick photo of the kids, in case you need to If you've to got time, we can do a 40-minute slideshow. We weren't lying. <laughs> um, so uh, I thought we'd try and just leave you with the, six, the key to successful cyber parenting. Right, try and get it all down into, into one thing you need to remember. I like that, keep it simple. One thing I've got to take away, I, even I can work that one out. But to get us ready for that, I want you to just quickly try and make some mental notes or on paper if you can, try and count up all the devices in your house that connect to the internet. Now for some of you, that may be fairly quick. For others, it might take a little while. So obviously, you know, there's any computers or laptops and don't forget your phone, because that connects, okay? Just take a minute to do that now and I'll come back to you, um, you know. Have you got a, uh, uh, an Xbox, PlayStation, Wii? Don't forget those, they connect to the internet. Um, actually, I think I left my coffee machine on because it comes on every morning. I'll just turn that off, it's connected to the internet. I'm serious, you think I'm joking? Is there good coverage here? It's all right, the coffee machine's off now. Any, any other devices? Okay, let's... Everyone got a, a rough idea of how many things they've got at home? Okay, let's, let's start. Everybody put your hand up if you have five or more devices at home. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's not hard to get to five, is it? What about ten or more? Keep your hands up if you've got ten or more. Anyone crack fifteen? Yeah, we got some there. Fifteen, is that the last one? Anyone with more than twenty? I'll keep going till my hand goes down. Anyone more than 25, 30, 35, 40? Yeah, but I do have six kids, so if you divide by six, there's not that many, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah, we live in this amazingly connected age, right? And even my coffee machine is on the internet. It's a fantastic, great, great advantages, but it, it actually has a whole bunch of implications for us as parents. So, um, in order to just set the scene for why you need to pay attention to the whole sort of digital space in your parenting, I thought I'd talk to you about the six cyber parents that you don't want to be, all right? I'm sure none of you are like this, but you know, may know a friend or a neighbour who maybe resembles one of these people. Um, the first one is the she'll be right mate parent, right? It'll be okay, right? It's, um, you know, they have failed to take account of the fact that things have changed since they were a kid, right? That they're the ones that, um, they confuse, the, you know, the fact that these kids know what they're doing, it'll be all right. But they confuse technical savvy of being able to use a device with wisdom and discernment and being able to make wise choices on how they engage with technology. And they're not actively engaged in their, in their kids' digital world. They don't know what's happening, but it'll all be okay. The second one you want to be really careful of, closely related, is that couldn't be bothered. Like, you know, I, I haven't actively set up any filters or protection at home to stop my kids accidentally clicking on the wrong things that may take them places that they don't want to see. I haven't actually bothered to have conversations with them about what's happening in their um, digital world. I haven't um, done regular um, checkups with how their uh, technology use is. I don't check their history. Um, you know, like, I know it's an issue, but I'll get around to it one day. Then you've got the close relation to those two is the 
I could be bothered because I'm so bothered. This technology stuff makes my head explode. I don't understand it. In fact, maybe I'm a little bit of afraid of it. And um, hopefully, if I just ignore it long enough, it'll all go away. Last time I checked, it's not going anywhere soon, right? This stuff is just growing and growing and growing. Then there's one that, you know, I, I confess I come closest to. This is the do as I say, not as I do parent, right? You've all seen those, whether it be in technology or not. This is where they know there are technology issues. They are aware that, um, that uh, they shouldn't let their kids have too much screen time. Maybe they've stopped them from signing up to social media accounts when maybe everybody else is on one and they're going to make them wait a year or two longer. But, you know, they're permanently glued to that screen themselves. Um, they may be having a conversation with their kids and then something beeps and they're off somewhere else. They, uh, they don't set a good example in terms of the way they engage online. And when the kids do get older and get an account, they see their parent um, putting those nasty comments out there or whatever it is. We want to be, and this is one of the hardest parts of parenting in any aspect, we actually want to be good models. And if, if I can drive this home to any parents of teenagers, younger or older, if you are fiddling with your phone while you are driving, remember that in parenting, more is caught than taught. You can say whatever you like to them about when they get their license saying, don't touch your phone, don't answer. But if you've been modeling that for the last five years, you've just set the pattern. Um, moving further down the technology spectrum, you've got the you will be assimilated parent. These parents have already been absorbed into the Borg. All right? in, in terms of the matrix, they swallowed the blue pill. They are plugged in and online, and they plugged in their kids when they were born. Right, so this, I see a lot of faces looking blankly at me. Obviously not sci-fi fans, you know, my apologies. Um, but they, clearly, um, they, they bought their kids a device before their first birthday. In fact, do any of you remember toilet training your children and, uh, you know, you sat there and sang and read stories and you know, wait for them to produce a little drop of something, you know, and, and cheered them on? You don't have to do that anymore. These parents buy them the iPotty, which is a potty this is true, the worst toy of 2013. A potty with an iPad holder in it, and you clip the iPad in, and then you can go away and get back on with your day and leave them there for a couple of hours, happily entertained, and come back and clean out the contents later. Right? These parents haven't looked at whether or not there are developmental issues or speech, um, fine and gross motor skills of giving devices too young. In fact, they probably don't care because our new computing overlords won't need those skills from us. They just need us to be able to process. All right, so we also don't want to go to that extreme either. And the final cyber parent you don't want to be, and unfortunately I know a few of those who have got really good hearts wanting to protect their kids, is the lock them up till they're 18 parent. You know, this is the monastery mentality. I'm going to cut the world off because all that bad stuff is out there and I'm going to build a fortress around my kids. Now, maybe that means I'm going to ban them from technology or maybe it means I think I'm smarter than they are and I will put such controls on the technologies and filters and everything and they fail to realise that your kids are smarter than you. Right? And if they're not, there's a geek in the playground who is. And they can get around anything that you think you can protect them with. Right? And if you think you can cut people off from the modern world, You've kind of missed for the fact that social media and online and the internet and all that stuff is not a place that young people visit. It's where they live. It's where their whole life is organised. And so you need to be able to work out how we're going to engage with technology in a way that both protects and helps to um, 
allow them to engage in a safe way. So what is the key to successful cyber parenting? Well, this is a million dollar question, isn't it? The key to successful cyber parenting is that it's more about the parenting than it is about the cyber. I think we meet, we travel around, we run seminars, uh, quite frequently we meet a lot of people and a lot of people want to know just that, that little bit of cyber information that will solve all their problems. I've got technology XYZ, what software do I need to install to make it safe so I can forget about it? If your cyber parenting stops there, you've done this much of the solution when the solution is this big, right? And that big bit, that is parenting. And parenting <coughs> is the same today as it was last year, 10 years ago, 100 years ago. We still have to teach our kids some pretty basic things about character um, and about being a person of, and being able to interact in the community. This is the community they're interacting in. We still have to teach them how to do it. And that's parenting. So that's what we're going to have a little chat about today. As parents, we still need to do a bunch of things that we've always done but now we have to look at how we do those things in a technology world. The first thing that we need to do if we're going to be uh, parenting our kids in this world is that we need to be informed. We need to be informed about technology. I'm not just talking to parents here, there might be some grandparents here. And if you're looking after your grandkids on a regular basis, and we've sp spoken to some people this week who have custody of their grandchildren or full-time care during the week of their grandchildren, then this would be you as well. We need to be informed about technology. What's out there? What are our kids using? What are they on? When they sit there on their iPad, what are they doing? What games are they playing? What are they reading about? We need to be informed as to what's happening with our kids online. The second thing we need to do is to teach our kids about technology. Now, any parent here who's handed a box to a child to open a new iPad or whatever it is, knows that those children can get their iPad out and have it up and running before you've found the fumbled around and found the instruction manual. They know what they're doing and we do not have to teach them anything about turning the thing on and getting it working. But what we do need to teach them is how to be wise, how to make wise decisions when they're using technology, how to be a wise person online because wisdom does not come with young age. Wisdom comes with old age. And so that's our job as parents to teach them wisdom. The third thing, the hardest thing always, is modelling. We need to be good models for our kids. We need to model to them wise use of our time and how we use our technology. We need to model the wise use of what we do with our technology. This is are quite important for parents of every age, from the little ones right up, um, from the little ones where a friend of mine has a, a four-year-old and a big gap from her older kids, and she went to the playground to watch her kid play on the swings and things. She was the only parent there who was not on her phone. Every other parent there was sitting on their phone while their children were playing. She was watching her child, and that's because she has older children, that's what she did 10 years before. But she now can see that that's not what's being modelled. All those children playing on the playground, when they look over at their parents, their parents are on their phones. For better or for worse, they really are little sponges. They soak up so much of what they see and what you do 
and it's, it, I can't underline this enough, I, I first realised that um, uh, this whole principle around uh, um, more being caught than taught, it really drove home to me when I saw things in my son that I didn't recognise I did, I recognised them in my father and my, my son didn't spend much time with my father, so he must have got them from me. Um, these bad habits that I can't believe I had. Um, and, and so, uh, you, you know, we actually need to think through all the stuff that we're not even conscious of um, in terms of what we are modelling when it comes to technology. If you have older children and they're online, they're on Facebook, they're on the places that you are, they're watching you and what you say, what you like, what you share, how you comment. That's where the modelling comes in when they're older. Actually, this is a really good example, and I'll just be quick, about um, the difference between uh, knowing how to use something, a platform, technology, uh, a social media site, and um, the wise use of that. Kids don't realise that when they click like, they're creating what technically we call micro-content. They've actually not just clicked like, they've declared to the world that this is something I approve of. Now, I might see a joke and laugh at it, but think, you know what, I'm not going to click like, because that would say to everybody that that's in line with my values. And I might see it and I might think it's funny because it was funny, but it's not something that I would normally associate with. Um, kids will just click without thinking. Okay, protect. The next thing we need to do as parents is to protect our children. That's why God gives children parents. One of the big reasons is to protect them from harm. We protect them from physical harm. We do a whole lot of things to protect them from harm, don't we? We protect them from other people. We don't let them go and play with that creepy kid down the road because we want to protect our kids. We also need to protect our kids online because accidents happen. Kids click on flashing buttons that say click here and those accidental clicks lead to very, very dark places and we don't want our kids to go there. So our responsibility as parents is to protect them from going down those places. And we need to protect them. That is, they need us to do that for them because they do not know that they are dangerous places. They don't know what happens when they keep clicking on flashy buttons. We know because we're parents. And so this is where you do want those technical things that can help you set up protection. So filters and um, parental controls and locking down accounts. And I said before, it's not the be all and end all, it's a little part of it, but it's a very important part of it. But I want you to think of it as the pool fence. It's protection, it's not control. Sadly, I know a lot of parents that try and control their kids and where they will go, but these, these um, filters and, and um, parental controls are not about heart issues. If I've got a kid that wants to work around those, this is an arms race. They will figure it out and they will be smarter than that. It's really about protecting against the, the, the accidental stumbles that could take you somewhere you never intended them to be. And you can't just rely on it as the only technique, but it really is an important one. And so just like a pool fence, I put up a pool fence because I care for not only my kids, but any neighbour kids that might be visiting, but I also teach my kids to swim. I also have those conversations with them about if you ever see something, because these filters and controls are not infallible, if you ever see something that makes you uncomfortable, close the window, come and get mum. Or if... Um, what, what are your friends doing online at school? What kind of apps are popular? Oh, how do they use that? What do you think about that? As they get older, the conversation changes, but it needs to be a regular conversation, so I can't just stop with protect.
The next thing is to supervise. We need to supervise our kids. Now, when they're little, it should be quite easy to supervise. Um, supervise means that they're playing on, on their devices in a place where you can see what they're doing. You can keep an eye on them. Uh, it means that you don't send off your three-year-old with an internet-connected device to play in their bedroom with the door shut. That's unwise parenting. We see it a lot, a very lot, unfortunately. Uh, Lee was asking earlier about had things changed from when we had our youngest to our, our oldest to our youngest, and the rules back then were fairly simple, right? Because you didn't have these portable mobile devices. Oh, you did, but they sort of took your shoulder out as you carried them to work. Um, and, and so what you had was one device that may or may not have been connected when you dialed up. Yeah, that's how old I am. And, and um, you just put it in the lounge room with the screen facing out and you could look over their shoulder and see what they were doing. Now as the devices get more and more connected and you can take them anywhere and smaller and smaller, even if they're in the same room with you, it's this level of engagement. So you've kind of got to come around and have a look. So supervision gets a little bit harder, but we still need to do it. And supervision of a two-year-old is not the same as supervision of an 18-year-old. And obviously there's a continuum along there. Mm. So depending on how old your kids are, you're going to look at supervision. It may mean things like putting boundaries on docking devices at night if you have older children, so that they're not going to bed with their devices under the covers. Um, it may mean that they can't take them out of the living areas. And while you can't see everything, you can keep a general eye on what's going on and that they know that this is an open part of the relationship in the family. You're not sneaking around, snooping on them. This is a, a condition of having a device, is that it's an open, we have it watching you. We have a bookshelf with about 13 USB ports that they can all plug their stuff in and go to bed. Put it on the bookshelf, plug it in as your doctor stuff, now go to bed. Right, the last thing we need to do is to trust our kids as they get older. Now this looks different for different age kids, but at some point we need to move them into adulthood. If we're one of those lockdown parents, we need to remember to prepare them for moving outside of the home. Because if we're super duper locked down, and then they move away from home to go to uni or something, all of a sudden they have not been prepared to manage the world that's available to them. So that's where we're moving to a level of trust. Just be careful that your oldest child will always seem very mature way older than their age and certainly more mature than everybody else's kids because that's just how we naturally think about our oldest kids. They're so clever. They're so clever so and smart. smart and talented. I know, they're amazing, our oldest children. Uh, so just be careful that you're not putting too much trust on those oldest little ones uh, because you, you may be over... Um, you know, thinking more of them than they're really emotionally capable of, of managing. We do see a lot of parents with, um, with their oldest child, trusting them in areas where they probably, I wouldn't trust my youngest child who's that age because now I know a bit more about parenting. <laughs> I know they're not trustworthy. All right, but yes, that's, that's the idea of trusting is to moving them along. Now, as parents, with or without technology, we want to teach our kids um, about how to function in the world. We want to teach our kids how to put others before themselves. We want to teach our kids to show respect and compassion and kindness and patience. We want our kids to have self-control and humility. We want our kids to be wise with making good choices. We want our kids to use their time well. We want our kids to be content and not to conform to the materialism and restlessness of this world around them. We want our kids to be sure of their identity, their personal, identity, their family identity, and their spiritual identity. That's what we want as we parent our kids from beginning to end, isn't it? 
So let's think about those things in terms of technology and maybe kind of put them into categories that we can think about. We're going to do that by looking at the six C's of teaching technology. So normally we have um, screens, we have all this kind of up on a screen, so you have to kind of <laughs> follow us as we go through these. All right, the six C's worth teaching. This is the thing to go away and remember. The first one, courteous. The, you know when you, you kind of come up with a certain number of things that all start with the same letter? Sometimes the connection's a little bit um, tenuous. So bear with us as we use these C words to connect them together. First one is courteous. In real life, away from technology, we want to teach our kids the please and thank yous of life, don't we? Say please, say thank you. How many times do you say to your kids, say please, say thank you, in their growing up years? Five million? Ten million? Counting, you know? It's not a one-stop shop, is it? And the same with technology. When it comes to managing technology, all these lessons, are, you say them a million times. Please and thank you of technology. Thanking people for an email. Thanking people on, online in a message for something they've when done. When grandma sends your little one when they first get an email account, an email, or even maybe they send it to you and it's directed to your child, grandma is expecting a reply because she grew up in an age, you know, I know you all get hundreds, maybe thousands of emails a day and you probably just are used to ignoring them and maybe I'll get, it scrolled up the list I forgot. Grandma will be on the phone if you, she didn't get a reply within a day or two. Be, or an hour, right? Because she grew up in an age where you took the time to get out, you remember that old technology called paper, right? I, you've got some on the table, look, museum piece. And, and you, you, wrote, you wrote a letter and you put it in an envelope and someone actually carried that thing physically and delivered it. And then someone would sit down and write the response and we'd wait days. Well, now it's instant, so grandma expects an instant reply. But she grew up where she expected a reply. So we need to teach courtesy, and kids don't think like that. Uh, also, eye contact. Uh, this is kind of the flip side of that. When you're talking to somebody, and you teach your children to look in your eye, don't you? It's a long lesson, takes years. But eventually they get the hang of it. That when you're talking to your child and they're talking to you, we look in each other's eyes, because that's most effective. And you know, as parents, if you want to give an instruction to your child that they're actually going to obey, you need to look in their eyes to get that from them. Otherwise, they're like... Not there. It's harder these days, isn't it? Because <laughs> they don't make eye contact because their eyes are always down here. Um, have you, in fact, it's not just kids, right? Does anyone know someone at work that maybe when they're with you, they're not really with you? They are until something goes ding and then they're off. You know? it's just... We need to teach our kids the, the courteousness of looking at people when they're being spoken to and not looking down at their devices. The second C, considerate. We need to teach our children to be considerate of others online. And this might look like respecting other people's physical and virtual spaces. Listen before charging in with a comment. So assessing a situation online before charging in with their own opinion or joining in a conversation before they really think about the implications of what they're doing. Uh, exchanging ideas respectfully with other people not like those people that we see in the comments section of the Sydney Morning Herald or whichever news um, articles you're reading, where there's not a lot of consideration for other people's feelings. The third one is compassion. Teaching our kids to stand up for others. Teaching our kids to notice that somebody else is getting a hard time online. Somebody's commented on somebody's picture in an unkind way and other people have jumped in to agree with that. Teach our kids to look out for that and be compassionate. No, you don't 
jump in on somebody else and, and put other people down. We build other people up, not put them down online. We stand up for other people. We look out for people whose lives appear to be spiralling a little bit out of control and ask them, are you okay? There's been a, a mental health campaign recently with Are You OK? Has people heard of that? And aware of depression? That's a really important thing to teach kids online. You'll, sometimes the, the, the signs are subtle. It might begin with, you know, um, those posts that look like someone's seeking approval, whether it be photos or something else, um, wanting affirmation. Um, and we've seen that sort of unravelling and self-destruction quite a bit. Um, but uh, is your child the one that's going to stand with them and tell them they're valuable, uh, or the one that's going to um, join in with the people that are just taking a little piece? Just maybe 20 cents at a time, but then eventually there's nothing left. And is your child the one that makes a place a kinder place because they're there? We need to teach our kids how to do this. It doesn't come naturally to them. They might have something in their hearts that would like to be like that, but they don't know how to do it. They don't have the skills of putting these things into, um, into practice. We have to teach them. This is part of supervising our children. We need to help them have conversation with them about how to do this. The next one is caution. And this one particularly relates to those pre-teen and teenage kids, mostly girls but also boys, who um, feel the need to expose themselves more than they should online. And that may be pictorially, posting photos looking for that approval that I was talking about, um, gradually getting more and more revealing, or it may be exposing things that really uh, discretion would say we keep a little bit more within the family. Mm. We need to teach our children why modesty and privacy are important. Because they don't know this naturally. We have to teach it to them. That's the parent thing. And we have one of the reasons they, they don't know it naturally is because we grew up in a time where there was probably a um, more uniform standard of what was expected socially, what was appropriate. But with, and I'm sure you're sort of aware of the boiling frog environment that we're in in terms of the pornification of our culture and the kind of stuff that makes it even to primetime television and, and, P and uh, PG ratings that really, when I was growing up, never would have made it till past, you know, maybe made on, on, on television after nine o'clock with a fairly stern warning. Um, but the normalisation of a lot of things that weren't the same for us. We need to teach them about self-respect, confidence and their reputation. Because children don't think about reputation. They children are in the present. They don't think about the future. So we need to teach them about that. We need to teach them about the beauty of character over their physical appearance. Character is where it's at. But we have to teach it to them because they don't do that by themselves. The last, oh, two more. Confidential. We have to teach them about confidentiality because this is another thing they don't know. Or we know because it happens in our house. It's happened this week, in fact, and have a conversation. Passwords are private. Secrets are not for sharing. We have to hammer this one home. Passwords, just as a little aside, we normally do this as a kind of a two-hour seminar, so it's hard for us to kind of, there's lots of things we want to say and we can't say because we haven't got time. But here's something I want to say. If you have children of any age, please password protect your devices so that your children can't just pick up the iPad when they get up at five o'clock in the morning and help themselves to Netflix. 
or, or reach into your handbag mums and pull out your phone and just entertain themselves. It may be convenient if you're at a doctor's surgery and they've taken away all the toys because they have to disinfect them too often or whatever it is, right? It may be convenient, but um, you should control when they go on it rather than them helping themselves because you probably haven't got it locked down with parental controls because you're the parent. It's set up for you and it's not a suitable playground for them. Mm. Password protector devices. Keep the, the passwords private and when your kids are old enough to have their own passwords on their own devices, they need to know that those passwords are private and they're not to share them with their bestest friends all over the school because that leads to dark places. And if you get told some news, maybe it's not for sharing. It doesn't automatically go to social media. Uh, I'm sure you all know someone who automatically just tweets every thought that goes into their brain, you know, and whether they had their smashed avocado for breakfast or whatever it is, right? You, someone is just oversharing all the time. You need to teach your kids that whole level of discretion about filtering and, and even checking. Is it okay if I post that photo of someone that they've just taken a photo of? Or okay if I post that news? Is this public? The last C, coming to the end, the last C is contentment. How hard is it to teach contentment today to kids when they have the whole world at their fingertips? They have the whole world at their fingertips instantly, without waiting. I don't have to go to a shop to buy a game, a couple of thumb taps, and it's on my device. I don't have to wait till 8.30 for that movie to be broadcast on free-to-air TV, because I've got Netflix and I can want, watch what I want, when I want, right now. Okay? I have, we have produced this technology that allows instant gratification. And that is the key to unhappiness if you don't teach self-control and delayed gratification because as soon as I see something shinier over there, I'm going to leave that one and go over there. And when you talk about long-term life decisions, that's not a place you want your kids being habituated to. You want them to understand contentment. And we see it, but my industry has not helped this, right? Version 2.3.6 will be out next week and it is so much better, right? And the day after, 2.3.7. So, you know, we are constantly giving you new devices, new software, etc. So we need to actually intervene as parents and teach them contentment. How do we do that? We do that by teaching our kids to wait for stuff. Whether it's waiting to download a game, waiting to download an update on an app, waiting to a birthday to get a device, waiting, teaching our kids to wait. We do that offline. You can wait till lunch. It's, we're half an hour to lunch. No, you're not having a chocolate. We teach our kids to wait offline. We teach our kids to wait with technology as well. Very okay. important. Courteous, considerate. Compassion. Compassion. Caution and confidential and contentment. and contentment. Okay, I'm going to give you... Hang on, I'm coming, I'm coming. Give me a note, I've got nothing to say. Uh, we have this great quote from a fellow who I won't explain to you because I haven't got time, and it's this. The fundamental biblical principles for raising a child aren't circumstantial, they are eternal. They don't change with new technologies or theories or new families. Scripture clearly calls us to love, discipline, teach, guide, protect, nurture and develop our children. And I think that that is very, very true. James chapter 1 verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Isn't that a relief? Quick, grab the mic while you can. Now, <laughs> we have, I have to tell you about our material. We have a book called Cyber Parenting, which we wrote a few years ago. All this information and a lot more is in there. Now, unfortunately, we've been speaking all week, so we only have three copies left. So I'm very sorry about that. Uh, you can get it from Kurong. Uh, 
the first three people to come to us with $20 can take a book today. Uh, I also have a book called Calm Baby, Confident Mum, which I wrote a few, oh, 10 years ago now. Um, if you have a small baby that you'd like a bit of help with, this is that, or if you know somebody who's about to have a small baby they might need help with, that uh, is the book for you. Um, and we have some toddler books. Some of you may have seen these books by Mel Hayde. If you have a toddler, or up and coming toddler, um, we have, we're a bit cleaned out, so we only have a few copies of everything left, but we have some, a couple of those left, uh, very, very good toddler books. We run seminars in churches, schools, community groups uh, along this, so a variety of different kinds of seminars. If you are interested in finding out about that and getting in contact with, with us about that, we have some flyers. So come and grab one if that's something you'd like to talk to us about. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> No, please don't say sorry. Not at all. I looked around and people were engrossed because it's, it's happening in everyone's house, I think, at the moment. So a few more C's. Number one, we know you had to condense your talk, so we thank you really, really gratefully for that. So do look further into it. Um, hysterically, another C. I, I see that if people want to buy your book today, they need cash. That's true. <laughs> what is that? Um, is it available we do have, online? It is available online um, and you can get, uh, so if you just put in cyber parenting as the book and Boswell, you'll, you'll find it. Um, we do have an FPOS machine but it's in the car because I didn't bring the computer and set up because there's no slides. So just, um, just bear with us. There's only three copies so if you've got cash you're a winner today. That's good. That's great. Are there any questions from anyone uh, out that there? That sounds like a C but it's actually a Q. It's a any question. <laughs> actually, um, Rebe Rebecca? Oh. So, so Rebecca's question was about knowing what our kids have been looking at, the histories on their phone, or knowing what apps they've, they've downloaded, and at what age, really, should we be start monitoring that stuff? And passwords, obviously, they need to be private with friends, but parents Okay, excellent question, um, because built into that is so many um, things that we really agree with. Um, built into that is the need to transition. Because what you said is, what age do I stop doing that, right? And as I said before, um, as we said before in terms of trust, you need to gradually hand over responsibility to them. So, for example, I move from locking down with content controls to maybe with my older boys in terms of the content they consume, um, uh, accountability software, where they find a mate who actually wants to help them be accountable. Um, Passwords, yeah, I, I wouldn't go as far as use the word public, but they certainly we start with, I know exactly what you mean, we start with our kids setting up their account and helping them learn how to set a good password that we know. But we also teach them that the time will come when they need to actually own that. Um, checking history, I would always um, be, you do this in a way that builds trust rather than tears it down. So you need to be doing this in a way that is not going behind their back. But gradually your conversations move from, hand me your device, I want to check your history, because let's face it, the kids will work out that there's private browsing mode and it, and it doesn't actually record any history, right? Almost every 
device, browser, etc., allows you to go what they call incognito on, on Google Chrome and, and allows you to hide any of that stuff. So if anyone wants to get around it, they will. So you actually need to move to those kind of conversations that help them. Um, and I would say that really by the age that you're trusting them to be um, a whole lot more independent online, and I still wouldn't say necessarily in their bedroom, but that time may come because, you know, when they're in a share accommodation house with four other students and that's the only place they've got to do their work, they're going to take that laptop into the bedroom. So I've got to start learning and helping them learn how to be independent and trustworthy in that environment. So it's actually about a constant dialogue. I'm not going to give you a hard age because you know your kids and they're different to mine, um, but it's really about how often you've had those conversations. Um, and I would say by the time you are trusting them to be more independent in what they do, you're transitioning from looking at their history to talking about with them the kind of things they, they want to be careful of avoiding and that sort of thing. Any more questions? Carrie? So the question was about how can we come up to speed a bit more about technology and what's, what it all means, what bits and pieces are, and are there bite-sized pieces of information online that can... I can I just ask how old your kids are? Um, 13 down to 13, okay. Um, yeah, you go. We have, what we normally do when we have a projector behind us is we put up a, a list of websites that you can get some information from. I have it here. If you want to come and take a photo of that, then that might be um, a helpful place for you to go and find some information. Um, I'd actually um, also just add a couple of things. Um, there are different areas that you want different bits of help from. Um, and sometimes it is just relationship. Build a relationship with a geek who can help you. You often find them hanging around the sound desk and places like that, so that's good. Um, f find someone who can help you out. Um, uh, but also, um, there's stuff around content, what they consume. So there's some great online resources about that. If I don't know what a game... Games have ratings, movies have ratings. That's a, a first-pass guide, but it doesn't tell me the detail around what the parents might need to... Because there's some stuff that's rated M. I'm OK with my less than 15-year-olds watching, and there's other stuff that's rated PG that I just think, seriously? No. Not my family's values. And so we, we kind of have to be a little bit discerning that way. When it comes to the technology bits, bite sizes and, and, and sort of consumable small chunks, um, Surprisingly, rather than just hitting Google, YouTube um, can be handy because videos are up to 10, 15 minutes. So you can get a little way to search there um, if you know what you're looking for. There's one up the back there. So, last question now. Thanks, Amanda. Are they e-book available? Yes, is the short answer. Um, so um, both the Calm Baby and um, the uh, Cyber Parenting are available, uh, both on Amazon, I think only, um, and Kindle and so on, I think only um, uh, Cyber Parenting is available as an iBook, which is Apple's format. Yeah, yeah, I can see, yeah, just let it go, it's fine, yep. <laughs> okay, listen, we're going to wind up, 
But um, James and Simone will be here for the next half an hour or so. Would love to chat with you, as well as flogging their books with you. They would really like to talk to you about um, other questions you've got. So first, can we just thank them so much for being here? Okay. And I really like the overall message that don't be terrified, just find out more. Because <laughs> that's where I'll be. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thank Thanks. you so much. Let's get this stuff out.